0: This all day. We're in the end game now. Welcome back, Weekly Bugle listeners. We're back and better than ever. Um, we were lucky this week. We got the Captain Marvel trailer. Um, this podcast is a special podcast because we're also answering our very first question. Before we get into that, I'm one of your co-hosts, Tyler, and I am your other host, Jesse. And we're going to talk about the Captain Marvel trailer, the Funko Pop League, and we're also going to get a little bit into Captain Marvel's uh, background. You ready, Jess? I am ready when you are. Are you... anything you want to add before we jump right in?
1: No, I think you laid it out just fine. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and start with her backstory. And I know you have quite a lot on that title, so I will let you take it
0: away. Yes, my dude. So... Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers is her real name. She is Boston-born, meaning she was born in Boston. Um, She's a publicly known Avenger, meaning um, the world knows who she is, just like Tony Stark. Um, She's not like your Black Widow, where people don't know her real name is Natasha Romanoff. She's not like Batman, where she's Bruce Wayne in hiding. Um, The world knows her as Carol Danvers, and I think she fits right into that Iron Man role. Iron Man is to leave the MCU do you get that same feeling, Jesse?
1: I always pictured her more as uh, a taking over for Captain America, especially by, like, the emphasis on the captain.
0: Yeah. Oh, good point. Well, I just mean, like, as that publicly known Avenger.
1: So you mean that, like, she doesn't have a secret identity, like um, like something like Reed Richards, where they're walking around, they don't have a mask. You can correct. easily spot her out. Yeah, so I get what you in there, and for that, you are Correct. Yeah, everyone will be able to recognize who she is at all times, and that seems to be more of a common thing than secret identities in the MCU, because there's only a handful that still have secret identities.
0: Oh, There's more than a handful. Hawkeye, uh, kind of. Ant Man, um, Spider Man. That's three already. Captain America. Okay, I
1: should clarify. I mean, like that their identities are still secret.
0: Oh yeah, the people whose identities are still. There's still more – half of the, all the people I just named are have secret identities.
1: Kind of. I mean, Hawkeye's always running around without a mask. Everyone knows who Scott Lang is because he's constantly in jail, and like they know that he's Ant-Man. And he but, so, but not not the media and regular the regular public. I think they do for Ant-Man. Okay, so maybe we're getting into a little bit of an unnecessary argument. Yeah, we digress. Probably. But, okay, we'll just agree to disagree. And, all right, so on. back
0: on, Back on to Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Her powers include superhuman strength, flight, energy absorption, and she can fire photon blasts from her hands. Basically, she fires energy blasts. The energy absorption is actually a really cool power because once in the comics, she absorbs a nuke, which is going to give an insane amount of power, which I don't have this fact, but I'm assuming she absorbs it and then she can redistribute it out through her energy blasts. And her energy absorption... I wonder if it works like kinetic energy, just where she can absorb that whole the whole Black Panther suit. Like, you know, he gets hit, and she can redistribute it. Do you get that same feeling?
1: I think it'll work similar. I think that it'll take energy, like other energy sources, like Black Panther redistributes. He can redistribute, like, punches and things, where I think Carol is only going to be able to redistribute energy sources. But here's the thing, while you're saying that, do you think she can absorb any of those, like, uh, Infinity Stone blasts that so we saw Thanos? hitting people with
0: um i don't think so because like uh the reality stone like he just changes what reality is i don't think she can absorb it like when he turns dax into like uh chunks of meat looking thing or um so i don't think she can do that i I think like um sorry to cut you off but yeah
1: so to clarify
0: is you know when
1: thanos is shooting blasts at iron man and iron man's having to block it with his shield or even when thanos is trying to fire off a blast towards Stormbreaker and Stormbreaker's like not budging at all. That's what I'm referring to is do you think she could maybe ch- like redistribute that?
0: Yes, that is something I do think she can redistribute because it's like an energy blast hitting her. So she I think she'd re she'd absorb that.
1: Cuz man, that would be pretty intense to watch that go down and I can only imagine like the struggle Thanos would have with that i can't wait for that i'm excited for for her in avengers 4 now
0: me too i'm super excited so captain marvel aka carol danvers she made her comic debut in 1968 in marvel's superheroes issue 13 she originally wasn't captain marvel and she was a secondary character to the captain marvel at the time aka marvell who was also in this movie um She was originally named Miss Marvel before she got the Captain Marvel title, and she made her Miss Marvel debut in 1977. Now, the backstory we're about to give you is the backstory that she originally had. It is not the backstory that she is going to have in the movie. Kevin Feige is quoted saying they aren't going to follow her original backstory. So the backstory we're giving you is the original backstory, like I said. It's a very dark backstory, and with Marvel being owned by Disney, it can never be this dark, ever. Am I right, Jesse?
1: For what you're about to
0: talk about, yes, I agree. So, and uh, let's get started. Uh, so originally in the comics, she had blackouts, and during the blackouts, she would fight crime, kind of like a bipolar, I guess, or maybe a dual personality, more so d- dual personality, because bipolar is just a change of emotions, really. So, yeah, she, like, I like you're talking like DID, like dissociative yeah. identity. Correct. Yeah. So she would blackout, and she'd go fight crimes. And, um, so I had a strange feeling that she's blacking out in the trailer because they keep making a point to show her waking her eye, waking, uh, opening her eyes up and she's laying on the ground or she's doing something else. So I feel like she's blacking out and they're going to combine the blackouts with her having her powers some way in the movies. You have that same feeling, Jess? Yeah, I think so. Also,
1: I want to clarify, we're not saying that Carol has like DID or split personalities like Moon Knight right. does. It's more like, I would say, like, sleepwalking Okay, is maybe a closer example of that. Just, you know, she's doing stuff, but she's not aware of it, and she wakes up somewhere else. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, that is fair, because okay. in the comics, she actually does figure out that she's, like, doing this stuff when she's, like, blacked out or, you know, aka, like, sleepwalking kind of thing. Um, so I have a feeling that Marvel could be incorporating it in why she's waking up in weird spots or whatever. So, in the comics, she would later go on to join the Avengers, and this is where her story gets really dark. Uh, throughout the earlier issues and the storyline, she'd be used more as a damsel in distress, even though she was a hero. She got used more than as a victim, um, which included her being brainwashed and raped by Marcus E. Mortis, who is a being who exists in a timeless limbo. The even more fucked up part about this is he plucked her out of time and made it so she would give birth to him.
1: As, as an adult, weirdly enough. Ahead. No, I was just going to add oh, yes. to what you were saying. Like he gets birthed as an adult. It's weird. Yeah,
0: it's very weird. And to make it even more horrendous, heinous, excuse me, heinous this is the word I want to use. Um, Thor, Iron Man, and Hawkeye found out about the plan. And they still let Marcus take her back to Limbo to do all this. How horrible are those three?
1: Yeah, they were just like, yeah, whatever, go go do what you want. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's a safe bet this isn't going to be touched on in the movie at all.
0: No, it sh- it should never be touched on again. They should like, you know how Disney throws like movies in the vault and like locks them. They should do yeah. this to that. Yeah, I. Uh, so, uh. So even though this happened, the road to becoming uh, Captain Marvel me, was still long. She had her powers, and then she had her memory stolen by Rogue. So Rogue eventually stole her memory and her powers. Um, She worked with the X-Men for a while. She was taken and experimented on by an alien race named the Brew. Now, I feel like the Kree are going to take her and kind of experiment on her. Um, or maybe the, not the creep, but the Skrill. Excuse me, which I'll touch on later in the, this episode of this podcast of the Weekly Bugle. Um, uh, she would want to take different names, such as Warbird, uh, Binary, and there was another one she would take, which Miss
1: Marvel.
0: Miss Marvel. I said that one. Um, it was another one. Verse. it. It was in a puck. Uh, the release of the. Uh man, I don't have it right here. And I apologize, Weekly Bugle listeners. It was verse. Oh, verse. There's that word. yeah, we're going to talk about that. Wait, are you saying that was in the comics. Yes, that is in the comics as well. Oh, okay. Um. So, but so she had all that. Um. She came back to the Avengers and she became Warbird and she joined them. Uh. Then going back to Miss Marvel for a little bit, but then finally in t- 2012 she became Captain Marvel in the comics. Um. She was reunited with Marvel, and the Kree resurrected him to defend them from the Phoenix Force. Uh, Captain, uh, excuse me. Um, Carol took up his name in honor of him after he sacrificed himself to defeat the Phoenix Force, and ever since then, she's been protecting Earth and the cosmic realm as Captain Marvel. Now, that's just a quick, brief history on her, um, just so that our listeners are aware of her history and they know that she hasn't always you know had this great life um which is actually one thing i want to say before we get too far into this marvel does a great job of that they uh they humanize all their characters you know iron man is a drunk and so you know thor has a horrible family i just love the fact that they humanize their characters
1: no i think that is important to remember because i've never been too big on superman and i think it's always because of i guess he has a little bit of a tragic backstory but it's like just because like his whole like planet died and he got sent to Earth, but overall he's just like too much of a god. Like it's nice to have relatable moments and to see that your heroes, you know, have struggles too. So yeah, I think that is a good point. And Captain Marvel is definitely one of those heroes.
0: She's definitely one of the heroes. So now, with all that being said, let's dive into this Captain Marvel trailer. So. To start off with, we have a picture of Ronan. shows Ronan, which we first meet him in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And I want to point out that this t- trailer takes place about 20 years before the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Ronan is more than likely still a good guy, and this is before he turns. Um, and something in this movie I have a gut feeling is going to make Ronan go from a good guy to a bad guy. You have the same feeling, Jesse, or you want to just keep going, pushing through? I... We could
1: keep pushing through. I have this... So, I don't know. I'm of two minds about this trailer, and we'll talk about it more because it's interesting. Yeah, at first, you would think Ronan is starting off as a good guy and will eventually become more of a villain. I think he is going to have an interesting arc just because he does seem different. I'm still of the mind that he's probably a bad guy here and that Captain Marvel is just kind of... Um, I don't know seeing almost like a rose colored glasses thing. We, we know that she's brainwashed essentially in this after watching the trailer and that she has like all these memory losses. So I think she's waking up and kind of just believing that she's on the right side. So in especially I've heard that, um, that group, you know, we've seen her, you know, walking towards a ship with, I believe four other people behind her. Uh, one yeah. which you may recognize is Korath, the pursuer as he was in guardians of the galaxy as well. But along with that, um, we have Minerva, Atlas, and Bronchar. I think I'm saying his name right. And those are all villains from the co- comics as well. So Great I, point. I was going to say that too, but go ahead. So I, I think she's just assuming that she's on the right side when perhaps she's not. But that's where, that's where I'm at. Um, you can go ahead
0: and continue. No, I just kind of want to keep going with this. I have the same feeling. She does feel like she's on the right side. I do feel like she's brainwashed. And uh, um, at least to start off in this movie, she's going to be brainwashed. Now, I just wanted to let all of our Weekly Bugle listeners know: well, everything that we say is going to be speculation. We don't have 100% knowledge that any of what we're going to say is true. We just kind of hope we're right in this whole stance. Pretty much. I mean, watching this
1: trailer, it's there's so many different ways that it can go that I was, you know, writing notes, trying to figure out where what exactly was going on. And there's just they did a great job with this trailer because we're shown. Quite a bit. But I still don't really know what's going on. And add to this. The fact that Carol has memory loss. It makes me think that some of these memories. Could be false. And I'll talk about that more later too. Because I think maybe some of these scenes. That we're seeing in the trailer. Might just be. You know implanted. Into Carol's mind. And um, so yeah. We, we can talk about that more too later. But well, it, it makes it hard. And we know from previous trailers you know specifically thor ragnarok and avengers infinity war that marvel has figured out a a sly way of tricking us and that they can change the backgrounds in the trailers of actual scenes i think we all remember that one of you know cap and black panther and all of them running in wakanda towards a fight and Hulk, hulk in the background and hulk isn't there at all so they could very easily be tricking us in many ways so, yeah. You're
0: absolutely right. And the CGI they used, is, they always use different CGI, like they put stuff in, like um, in Ragnarok uh, Thor's missing an eye in his final fight scene, but in the trailers he has both eyes. And uh, in uh, Avengers trailer, he has his patch over his eye, but then in the movie he later gets to another eye put in. So you're right, they do use CGI and trickery to, to give us a false hope and Make us think things that aren't going to be so. Well, speaking of eye
1: patches in particular, Nick Fury could be, eyeless this whole trailer, and we would have no idea about it. We, so I don't know. That's just a big one too because we've seen that they can easily, you know, change it up for the trailer. You know, I'm missing eye because they did that with Thor. So yeah, who knows what's going on with Fury when his eye is there, when it's not. I mean, I don't. I haven't taken into account that a whole lot in this like trailer analysis. But yeah, that's just another thing to
0: keep in mind too is Speaking of Nick Fury, do you get like a mid and black vibe from him in this whole trailer? Actually, I could see that a little bit. Honestly, it's really weird. Nick
1: Fury is still a big mystery to me. Is he's more he's the one that I have the most questions on, weirdly enough, because I'm still not exactly sure how exactly he has met up with Carol. Like, I know that they do, but how do they, like, build a bond? Because if she's crash-landing into Earth, you know, with no real memory and she's hunting squirrels, at what point does she start interacting with Nick Fury and they become friends in a natural, like, non, like, head-to-head kind of way? I mean, do you have any ideas about that?
0: No, I kind of feel like he's going to, you know, he's going to respond and, like, to her crashing down in Blockbuster that we've seen not – only the trailer but the teaser and he's gonna respond to that he's gonna kind of investigate it which is gonna lead him to her and then i feel like then maybe they'll connect then i feel like that's the easiest route i can't imagine him uh just being there when she crash lands and you know what i mean yeah i so, don't
1: think he was there you know the minute of her crash landing and it's tough because i have like a rough timeline of what i think so how i think things are gonna go but yeah, for where he shows up is really the odd one for me because we've seen in the trailer that they've set it up to where she crashes into Blockbuster and then she starts, you know, going down to the train station and looking for squirrels. It it still seems kind of odd. I feel like maybe those are two separate things, but she is still wearing her green Cree uniform in both of those. Yes. And after, you know, Nick Fury kind of takes her to, you know, we've seen the scene of her you know, in that records area, learning about her past after that, she seems to take on the red suit and become Captain Marvel from there. So, and I think her suits are a big telling point as far as the timeline, at least for me, like the three. So there's her, you know, Air Force flight suit in the beginning, you know, before she gets her powers. And then there's the Kree suit. And then there's the, you know, red and blue Captain Marvel suit. And that's what I've been kind of using as a basis for where things are in the plot.
0: Um, plot twist, what if the, uh, the Air Force suit is just uh, flashbacks and not actually part of the storyline? I think that's,
1: that's potentially true. I'm not sure. It's, yeah, it's really tough because we know we see Carol having flashbacks to her past and saying that she has— Flashes to it. So, us as an audience, I don't know if we'll start at the beginning and get to see how things are going or if we're going to get to just see little bits here and there. I imagine we'll be on the ride with Carol trying to figure out her past. So, I imagine we'll probably start in the center with her, you know, being a Cree soldier and seeing, you know, where her mindset is there. And then maybe, you know, we get the flashes back and forth. I'd be interested. Yeah, I think that could be. Well, we've seen a lot of um, that scene where she's, you know, in that crater after the the crash, where yeah, presumably she get her blue,
0: where she has the blue uh,
1: blood. Yeah, she, her she blood is red. See, that's an that's an interesting point too. So, first off, I just want to talk a little bit about the comics and how she got her powers because you, I know you dropped into her backstory a little bit, but for like how she got it is. You know, there was a uh, this. It was kind of a similar way that she's, you know, caught in the middle of a Cree and Skrull dogfight, and, you know, eventually it gets taken down. They're on the ground, and Marvel, who you mentioned, you know, uses himself to shield her from a blast from this uh, machine called. I've heard people call it the Psyche Magnetron. I'm going to call it the Psyche Magnetron. I'm probably wrong. It just looks right to me. But basically, this explosion from that device uh and then captain marvell holding carol it like transfers some of his power to her now obviously we're not going to get captain marvell in this i know there was some speculation on Jude law playing marvell uh, i think new information has come out to where we can say that's not the case
0: but well before you get too far right. you're saying jude law not playing marvell um, there was that, uh, the, the leak of the. Sh- 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 it was the leak of the Funko Pop, mm-hmm. which calls him Young Rogue or whatever. Young rogue. Saying. There you go. Now, IMDb has Jula as Marvel, also known as Walter Lawson. So, here's my proposition. Maybe it's a combination of both characters into one. I think, in a sense,
1: it could be. And the way that I'm going to. Say that is is kind of loosely, but here's what I'm thinking with it is, I think Jude Law is Jan Rog, but so basically in the comics how this works is Yon Rog kind of takes advantage of the fact that Carol has this memory loss, and he basically brings her to the Kree and implants these false memories and basically brainwashes her into thinking that she is. A Kree soldier, uh, like what is probably going to happen in this in this movie, so in that sense, I'm feeling Yon Rog is going to do that same thing, but Marvel being kind of a mentor and a leader, and you know taking her under his wing, I think he'll take. Um, I think Jude Law will use that in the Yon Rog character. That's pretty much where I'm seeing that blend being. I would even assume Yon Rog will probably be. A villain as we get towards the end.
0: Yes, and here, here's the reason that I have um, a feeling that he is a villain. There's a scene where he's talking to her in this trailer, right? And he like, uh, man, we're oh, nope, that's not it. He's a scene. So this scene where he's telling, uh telling her, talking to her, right? We're not as strong as you think. Is that the quote? Yes, yeah that's it. Yeah, that's the quote, and. That's a quote only villains would say. Let's be honest. When have you ever heard a hero say this? So for the, so just to kind of play on what you said, I do think Law is a combination, like I just said, because I do think he's going to kind of take her under his wing and teach her these ways. But at the same time, I do think he's going to bring her and plant false memories to like uh, help him in his quest and endeavors. So I feel like he's going to be a combination of both. And, um, we're going to see both sides of that, like, uh, um, the Marvel and the Yon character. Just like, kind of like, um, Sebastian Stan is with this Winter Soldier and also the White Wolf that we get. Um, so oh, yeah. I feel like Marvel has been known to combine characters, so I just think this is going to be a combination. Now, he might be called Yon-Ro-Rog, Yon whatever his name mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I'm going to botch this, this entire podcast. I <laughs> apologize to our listeners. But I do think he might be he might be called Marvell at the beginning because um, that might be what he's called, you know, what they call him. But then once it gets later into the this movie, I feel like the Yon name is going to come out because that's what he's going to be called. Like I've been living as Marvel and whatever. So I do think we're going to get a combination of both characters.
1: I think so too. I don't think they'll refer to him as Marvel. I feel like he Marvel, you know, as a name and a person. Is gonna be left out just to avoid confusion, because that is a, like a lot of weirdness. Because you got a Marvel movie named Captain Marvel, where there's another hero named Marvel. Like it's just too much. And then they're also talking about making a Miss Marvel movie. That's a separate character. Um, even though we we talked about it, basically, when Captain Marvel, she originally in the comic starts as Miss Marvel and then becomes Captain Marvel. It leaves the Miss Marvel name open, and Kamala Khan takes that and becomes, you know, the new Miss Marvel. Who does uh, Kamala Khan? She's like a she's like Reed Richards' powers to where she's like very so, flexible. Mr. Correct,
0: and so so I didn't know her name, but when you, I think it's in the teaser that we get to see the, um, that black woman walking with uh, Carol Danvers. They're walking both in the Air Force outfits, and that's the girl that. Ends up becoming Miss Marvel later on. No, I, I, don't, I don't know if you. Caught I don't that. think so. Are you?
1: Are you talking about like when like, the other t- the other pilot? The other pilot is um is Maria Lambo, I think, or Rambo, and um she's actually she becomes, I don't know. Kamala Khan is like an Indian character, and she's like a, she's like a young millennial type. I guess I hate using that word because it's like stereotypical, but it's um.
0: Well, we're both millennials.
1: I, I I'm pretty sure, so. Maria, I'm pretty sure her first name's Maria, right? I know that...
0: I think so. So
1: there, I have a feeling that Maria isn't going to make it for too long in the movie. I don't know when exactly she'll die, but it seems like, or if she will, but um, her daughter is the important one. You saw like her code name on the plane is called Photon. Photon is her daughter, Monica Rambo. Who you know becomes super powered and you know gets par- powers like Captain Marvel, and even
0: becomes Captain Marvel what later. Names- what were those names you said?
1: Uh, Photon.
0: No, 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 Photon. No, no, no. Um, Sofon. Carla Sofon. Kamila Khan. Oh, Kamala. And- yeah. And Sharon Ventura, Venture, Ventra, and Carol Danvers all take up the Miss Marvel name in the comics.
1: Oh, from what I've been finding, it's saying Photon is.
0: Well, I'm, she she could become Miss Marvel also, but there's been multiple people to take up that Miss Marvel name.
1: She's... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Photon takes on the Captain Marvel name, not Miss
0: Marvel. Oh, yeah, I just looked it up real quick while we're during this podcast. Oh, okay,
1: it's confusing as hell all these different Marvels, and that's kind of my point as to why I don't think he will bring in Marvel because it's just it's too much going on especially with Shazam coming out and he was a captain marvel at one point. Yeah. So <laughs> So too many too many marbles.
0: Let's uh, we digress a little bit. Let's get back on topic. So but the but the Maria Rambo thing is
1: still a good one. It's very good. You know, just You're right. An easter egg because there's also been rumors about Avengers 4 potentially, you know, showing a future sequence where we see, you know, um, characters that we've seen in the movies so far that are young specifically Cassie Lang, uh, become, you know, powered and Avengers in the future, if there is a future scene. So I think, you know, if we have Cassie Lang, uh, we could also see uh, Monica Rambeau as Photon in the future, too, if they are wanting to do some sort of scenario like that and show us a in-the-future alternate reality Avengers. So, which could be cool. But yeah, that was just kind of a, an Easter egg and a little bit of speculating on... Oof, what's going on with photon because i'm sure if you saw that you probably wonder what what's on about that
0: so jumping back to this uh, this, uh trailer um like we said she's taken and recruited uh, by basically jute lost character we don't have a name of what he's going to be per se um we say tomato tomato anyway let's keep pushing through um so um, she's referred to Captain Marvel and Verse, and that's another um, P- Funko Pops uh, leak. So I guess we're gonna—I'll I- touch on the Funko Pop leak as we go because they—they they leaked the Captain Marvel and Verse, and they even say Verse in the in the trailer. Did you catch that? Oh,
1: I didn't catch them saying no. You're right. Verse you're, specifically. You're right. But, I um, apologize. Are you talking
0: like? Oh, I apologize. Okay. They don't say Verse. So I have—I think they're gonna call her Verse because. Um, her her dog tags say Car- Carol Danvers, and I think so they're only going to find half of it, just the V-E-R-S part, and that's how she gets this verse name. And right. I, yeah, I think so, too. So I feel like she's going to get called verse by the Kree or Skrill or before she figures out she's Carol Danvers. Um, you, you agree with me on that, you said?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it's going to be. I mean, the Funko Pop showed specifically her and her – uh Cree suit, uh, Captain Marvel in her Kree suit, and it was labeled Verz, which, you know, Carol Dan Vers. So and we even saw the the broken dog tags that uh Carol sees, you know, when she's with Fury saying Carol Dan. I presume that she has that missing piece already with her that just says Verz and that kind of, you know well I guess literally puts the pieces together for her and kind of gives her a sense of her backstory and I'm sure that verifies it to her too. You know, she can trust that information and that everything she's finding with Fury is the truth. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is a good point. And yeah, so yeah, Cree Captain Marvel is named Vers. So funnily enough,
0: the next point I'd like to bring up is um, she's been held upside down, and if you slow down the thing, you can actually see a squirrel to the left of her, and um, I think they are either torturing her. Are the restoring her memories that sets her on her path de- back down to Earth? Um, what do you think? So that's the
1: interesting thing because before in the first trailer we saw this scene of her being held upside down and you see the blue beams going into her head. And what we thought was that's the, you know, her losing her memories essentially. But it, yeah, the scrolls being there changes that completely because they're supposed to be the enemy. But they have no need to, you know, take her memories away. So it's leading me to believe the, the more and more we go through this that the scrolls may actually end up being allies at some point because, well, because of what the Kree are doing. And we know that, you know, Ronan and all these other characters are villains. But yeah, I think they're trying to restore her memories here or try to help her out. But she's still in her Kree suit, so she's not in her Captain Marvel suit at this point. So timeline wise I'm not sure what exactly goes on if they I don't think that they're successful in restoring them at first because if they are then that then she wouldn't need to go through all of this with Fury. So and when you look at the scroll the way that he's looking it doesn't look like 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 a scientist kind of thing it doesn't look like he's evaluating it looks like he's turning around you know either you know about to yell something back at somebody it just makes me think that maybe, you know, maybe the Kree show up and or you know, kind of interrupt the whole process. And maybe that sends her on this path to try to figure more things out. Or maybe she's able to get pieces that we're seeing in this trailer. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say. Maybe they're just giving her, they're trying to restore her memories and they get like halfway through the process and then like she wakes up or something happens. Um, it could even be, aren't the the, um, the Skrill's, the one that uh, take over people's, like, body and, like, become that person. Um, go ahead.
1: So, yeah, so the, the squirrels are shapeshifters, and that's, you know, in the beginning of this trailer, we see that, that old lady that Carol goes ahead and just rocks real quick. So, yeah, the squirrels can shapeshift. That's going to be very important in this, and potentially in the future, there's a lot to talk about with the squirrels and just the shapeshifting alone.
0: So with that being said, maybe they are like cloning her and getting one person ready to become her during this uh, this whole scene. There's a there's a, no, a lot of different things that could uh, they could basically be happening in this scene. I, I like to think that this is going to be an important scene, like a turning point, though, in the movie.
1: I think so too. Or I,
0: yeah, I think it is going to have big
1: implications going forward. Because there's a lot of different things. So when I was talking about different scenes that could potentially be you know, false memories, a big one for me is really this, this whole scene of Carol in her flight suit laying in that crater after the crash. And you know you're talking about how she has blue blood coming from her nose. There's There's so many weird things going on with that scene that don't really match up. I'll first talk about the scrolls there. So you remember there was that scroll that walks up from the fire and points to like a laser gun at her. Yeah, I think that's probably a fake memory to make the scrolls evil in Carol's mind because we also see later in the trailer. I'm going to call him yon Rog. I know it's not official. I'm pretty confident on it though. So I'm going to say or would you prefer me call him Jude Law? or Do you care?
0: Um it doesn't matter. You can call okay. him yon Rog and uh for our listener Jude Law. It doesn't matter. Just Okay. Yeah, they're
1: synonymous, but um, I'll just go with Jude Law for now. So we see Jude Law's character also walking in a forest area similar to that. I imagine what really goes on is this, you know, is kind of similar to the comics. Carol's cotton, you know, in the middle of a dogfight, she gets blasted, you know, or, or her ship gets, you know, destroyed and she crash lands, and I think there's going to be some sort of explosion that's going to give her her powers and... You know, we see her lighting up blue at one, but there's almost, like, electricity going around her, and then we also see somebody in a crew suit. We can only see their hip. I am presuming that that's... I don't know. I go back and forth so many times because I think that that's yon Rog showing up and finding her, and, you know, she's not going to have any memory of who she is, and he can do whatever, and then implant this idea that the squirrel showed up, and, you know, yon Rog saved her from it. And that's where I think it could even be the blood as well, if she remembers bleeding blue, because that would mean that she's she's Cree, you know, she could be a pink skinned Cree, as uh as Juke Law's character is. Yeah, but we also see that that scene of um, like a, an IV injecting blue blood into somebody. We don't know for sure if that is Carol Danvers, but those two things. If if that is Carol Danvers, why would she need an IV of blood injected into her if she's already bleeding blue at that crash site. So those are the things that don't really add up to me. Could be somebody separate getting the IV, but it makes me True. think that they're, she's, they've given her this memory that she is bleeding like a Kree, and that she's saved by Yon Rog. But really, this IV scene is them putting blue blood, you know, into her, making her half Kree essentially, just to kind of reinforce the idea. And also, uh, do, do you have anything to add on that before I
0: no. take us farther? Keep pushing through, yeah. Okay,
1: so another big mystery is who is this old lady telling Carol Danvers, you know, about, like, um, like, like that the Kree have improved her? Remember, I, I have a quote somewhere here, but basically they said that they've, you know, enhanced her, made her superior and all of this. And this yeah. lady, and we don't know anything about her, who her character is or what her purpose is I think she's bad she, I, I think we can all kind of agree she's given off those vibes you know especially saying that she's a superior race now that's also very antagonistic yes do you have any ideas of who she is
0: um so it's rumored that she is the Cree leader Cree uh, Empire emperor and like um basically she's like all the Kree's like smartest minds combined into one person. I think that's what I saw from the comic books. Um, but Annette Bening said, like um,
1: she takes Annette Bening being the actress who plays yes. that character. Sorry, yes,
0: yes. Did you not know her name?
1: I did. I couldn't remember oh. it, but yeah, when you said it, I just wanted to make that clear for clear everyone for, who doesn't know
0: her. Yeah, so Annette Bening's known for taking on really tough roles. Um, she, I don't have anything that she's played in right now in front of me, but she is known for taking on tough roles, and I do think that she is going to be the villain. Um, I do think there's a, a quote in this, when, like, uh, there's actually a scene where um, you see kind of like Annette Benning, the Cree Emperor that I'm assuming, and Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, uh, standing in this room, and then. um it looks like they're talking, but then later you see Captain Marvel landing and I believe I don't I didn't write it down, but I believe she's in her her regular costume, the red and blue one, not the green one. And she says, I'm not gonna fight your war, I'm gonna end it and she's standing in the same room, which looks a lot like the room that she's standing in when Annette Benning is talking uh to her. it also looks like the same room that Annette Benning's standing when they kinda of show that up close um, picture of her which i feel like is further proof that annette is the villain in this movie those
1: are good points yeah especially if because i didn't catch it if you're right that captain marvel you know when she's saying that i'll end your war if she is in that same room she could very well be talking to her or you know i think that does kind of reinforce that potentially the kree could be the the bad guys at that point if she's come there yeah, of course. You know, maybe Marvel has a totally different background that should be there. We don't know, but yeah, no. I think you're. I think that's a good idea, and I think that yes, yeah, if Yon rogg brings her back and they've you know implanted these memories, she could be kind of the warm up. You know, to just kind of be like, oh yeah, you've woken up. You don't remember where you are. This is what you are now. We've saved you. We've made you this and this and this. So that's probably what that scene is doing there. Or at least that's what I think is going on.
0: So a couple tough role, uh, roles she's played just for our listeners. She played in... I just had it. I am so sorry to our listeners. I just had what she played in. She played in The Sopranos. She played in American Beauty. Um, this is one of her shows. So she, she's known for playing in some uh, more tougher roles, strange roles. Especially American Beauty.
1: Yeah, I think she'll definitely be one to keep an eye on going forward because she's being kept a mystery. Yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what's going on with her because I think she is going to have a much bigger role than what we than what we know so far. Because right now, for me, the main ones on my radar are really Yon Rog and the scrolls and we haven't even talked about talos you know the main scroll being played by ben Mendelssohn is what we think so far is going to be the main villain although i still think he is going to be a villain in some sense he's my bet on how fury loses his eye are you on that same page or do you have a different idea
0: uh i was kind of thinking it was going to be the cat and all on it. You, you you think it's the cat i've been
1: seeing that rumor going around because for those of you that don't know in the comics. Uh, the cat that we see at the end that Fury's petting, who in the comics, name is Chewie. Kind of named after Chewbacca from Star Wars. In this case, they've changed the name to Goose, Mm -hmm. like Top Gun. So in the comics, I think it's even Rocket Raccoon who calls out that that he recognizes who that cat is. And it's uh, It's, it's, an alien race called the So
0: It's actually in 2014's Captain Marvel Episode Comic 7, where Rocket Raccoon immediately jumps into action, trying to assassinate Chewie before she could lay her eggs. This was a Furkin, 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 mm-hmm. excuse me, it's an L, not an I. Uh, and he says, You don't mess with Flurkin's. Rocket doesn't get his way, and by the next issue, Chewie is able to drop 117 17 eggs and repopulate the universe with her spawn. I, I'm sure her Flurkin babies spit. Um, Spitty, spook, uh, soap, trindle then thirst for flesh and adorable too. Somebody says that. I didn't get the quote who that's from. But um yes, I wrote the same exact thing and the quote.
1: Yeah, that's so that is more than I knew about with Chewy because my next question was like, Oh, is he is Chewy bad? I don't know if Chewy's a boy or a girl or if it matters, but I also, he's an alien.
0: So So Chewy actually is um Captain Marvel's little friend. It's an alien creature that reminds him of the cat, but has a number of terrifying powers that stretch far beyond the earthly realm. Um, so it's kind of funny uh, that, like, oh, speaking of before I get to that. So um, the cat kind of travels with Captain Marvel when she's going from, and she's traveling in the universe and doing, like, her space missions and stuff like that as, like, a companion. Now what I wanted to get to is I want to see the reaction Rocket's going to have with Goose and, or the cat in Avengers four, or if they're going to have some kind of interaction at all, because I feel like that's going to be a funny thing. And not pe- many people who know the backstory will uh, get that.
1: I think they have to, I would love to see that when I found out that rocket is the one that calls out Chewie for being a flirkin, I think I would love to see that happen and seeing, you know, goose, the cat suddenly become an alien and do all it. it would just be, even if it amounts to not really anything, it would be a fun moment to watch. I don't think... Even though it's going to be a... Avengers 4 is going to be, you know, a very busy movie like Infinity
0: War was. Absolutely. I don't want... When Rocket sees the cat, I just want him to freak out and, like, try and kill it. And I don't want the cat to, like, pop out and show its powers. I just want it to kind of look at him, turn it head, and say, meow. And, like, people just not to see, like, the cat, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> That would be
1: good. That would be good. <laughs> Just for everyone to think rockets like, crazy as hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, getting
0: back to this. Uh, gonna, go ahead. I was going to talk about Talos a little bit Let more. I mean, before before we get there, I just want to mention real quick um, because I didn't get to earlier. Uh, Korath, um, when he's walking with the uh, uh, walking with that group, and oh, yeah, the Kree warriors. The Kree warriors, um, right, like it, like uh, right before that. Um, you hear Bo- uh, Fury talking, and she corrects Fury and says they're noble warrior heroes, and then it, like, cuts to that, or it's right before it, and so I just want to point that out, that they had that overlay in the voice to um, kind of give the fact that, you know, maybe she is brainwashed, because, like you said, all the other people are uh, villains in the comics. Sorry to jump back so far, but go ahead. No, no, you're good. I mean, we can keep talking
1: about that a little bit, too, because that was something that I – wanted to note, just because trying to keep all these pieces together from the trailer, some things define the timeline more than others, and I think that line of her saying that we're noble, like, Cree warriors or whatever, indicates that when she comes to Earth, she still believes that she's Cree. So if, if she's somewhere, so that's why I still think that when, you know, we see her upside down and those lasers are, like, beaming into her head and we see the scroll there, that's why I don't think that they're successful because if she still comes to earth and still thinks she's a cree, then she wouldn't say that line to Fury. So it it seems like she pieces most of her story back together when she is with Fury and that she's just kind of putting the pieces together. So for me that was that just kind of helped solidify that that she hasn't at this moment, she hasn't figured out who she is and she's still a a cree
0: in her mind. Um yeah, that's no, very strong possibility. Maybe we get something like I wouldn't say maybe we're lucky, but maybe we get something like in uh, the first Avengers when the uh, Scarlet Witch hits Hawkeye and kind of recalibrates him. Maybe uh, she has to get recalibrated somehow li- that happens in this movie. That'd be something cool. Like who would hit her hard enough to recalibrate her? Uh, so there's there's kind of questions that that like that leads to.
1: Yeah, I think that is going to be. Yeah, that her whole journey is going to be very interesting. Into I still want to figure out how exactly her and Fury become close friends so quickly. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've seen Fury in the future in these Avengers movies, and he's not a very trusting guy. So maybe in this, he, he is more willing to trust others, you know, before whatever happens and he loses an eye. Because it, in my mind, the Fury that we know now if you know an alien Captain Marvel showed up blasting up the whole place, I would think that he would be like, you know, sending people in to take her out or whatever. Maybe maybe not kill her because they haven't really done that. But it I don't know. It's just interesting how such a powerful being Captain Marvel is to then you know show up with Nick Fury because they're also they're on the run together. Essentially, you know, we see them flying away in what i think is a prototype quinjet
0: yes which we can talk about it is it's like the mock it's like the first uh first quinjet i think i read somewhere that they do fly um yeah yeah no no i love that i I love that they kind of have a callback because the avengers now use quinjets to get from point a to point b we see it in avengers one we see it in avengers two Um, I don't know if we see it. We see it in Civil War also, actually. So the Quinjets are like a major piece. Thor Ragnarok, it is a major piece that it's not just some kind of tech that was you know, invented overnight. They actually have been working on it since the 90s.
1: Yeah, hopefully that means that Captain Marvel can pilot the Quinjet and Hawkeye can actually get on the ground and fight some damn people. Because last time, he was flying the whole thing the whole time. We didn't get to see him throw any arrows out but whatever but yeah so (laughs) i'm just i just want hawkeye more it's bothering me that he has
0: not anything to
1: do ever so So, we're
0: gonna pass that out like it never happened
1: but i do have a point with this not related to hawkeye but um in the you know when she's in her air force flight suit with you know maria rambo we see on carol's like patch you know, for the Air Force, and it says that, you know, she, her squadron essentially is, like, as a test pilot. Yes. So if she's testing new prototype planes, that would explain how she's able – she has the knowledge to fly this this Quinjet. Which, and, you know, Fury is surprised about it too, and we don't really get an answer, but is, I think looking back at that.
0: I think, oh, well, I think it's funny. He goes, do you know how to fly this? And she, like, flips a button. She goes, maybe. And he's like, it's either a yes or it's a no answer. There's no maybe. Yeah yeah it was a good
1: moment so i think that's how she knows how to fly it is because she had done it before in the past as a test pilot yes so and i would assume that that's maybe the plane that she was flying when she you know intercepts the the squirrel and the Cree. because we even see her flying into space in the previous trailer do you remember that scene
0: yes yes i do
1: so i mean i i know she'll end up back on earth i'm assuming earth is where you know she gets her powers and and all of that But yeah, definitely, yeah, it's... It's really tough to nail down what's going on with this movie, but I think that's good. I don't want to know exactly what's happening. Yet. So
0: I just want to apologize real quick to our Marvel podcast, li- our excuse me, our weekly bugle podcast listeners, because we're kind of jumping around a lot. It doesn't seem like we're going in any kind of order. But just to, in our defense, this pot, this uh, not podcast, this trailer is kind of jumps around a lot. We don't know. We see things, and we uh, the beginning of the trailer, and there's stuff at the end of the trailer. We sometimes try to piece it together to make it make sense, and to make it. Uh, seem some kind of linear line. So I just want to apologize so that you don't think we're going to jump around. And we don't have this outlined what we're going to talk about. So, but my, go back, oh, continue.
1: I'll let, I'll, did you have uh, somewhere you were going to take from it or anything you want to talk about
0: with this trailer? I just, um, so before I just wanted to mention that, um, it is, the movie is probably set in 1995 because it was confirmed on a, a Japanese Disney website they had nineteen ninety five talking about Captain Marvel. Did you did you see that at all?
1: Uh, I saw that in in somebody else's videos because I kind of looked at at some other breakdowns just to kind of get an idea as if I was right. close also-
0: on what other people were talking about, so that yeah. I don't look like videos. So all this coming from us, not other people's videos.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I saw. Um, I think it. I saw it on Mr. Sunday Movies. I think he had something saying that he found that it. Said 1995. It was a good breakdown, by the way. If anybody wants to watch, either um, I recommend checking that one out. But um, yeah, I saw that. I don't know if it's going to really play much of a part. I, I'm safe with knowing that it's in the 90s. I'm not one of those like um, you know historically accurate time period. I don't necessarily need that.
0: <laughs> so another another important uh, point that I ne- I think we need to discuss is. Um, She's not going to age in Avengers 4, and simply because in this trailer, I don't remember who says, but I think it's Annette Bening. Yeah, it is. um, She says they changed her. She's going to live longer and be stronger. So um, a lot like Chris Evans or Steve Rogers is with that super soldier serum, I'm not saying that's what they're using on her, but it is something that's going to make her stronger, and it's going to make her live longer just like that, and it's going to kind of age – uh, her age is just going to slow down, is super slow. So in twenty years, uh, she won't have looked like she's aged a day. With that being said, Brie Larson has signed a seven movie, roll, seven picture deal. So we will be seeing a lot of Captain Marvel, with two two of her movies being Captain Marvel and Avengers Four.
1: Right. And um, yeah, so I'm, I was going to kind of talk about Talos now.
0: Yeah, jump into Talos.
1: Okay, so Talos is, as I was saying, Ben Mendelsohn's character. Uh, ben Mendelsohn being the actor playing Talos. Talos is a squirrel, and we see him in his in his like squirrel, uh, natural squirrel appearance. So we saw it in the first trailer when they were walking up from that beach, and then we see a close-up of his face as he's asking Carol if she wants to know who she truly is, or a quote similar to that. But um, we also see him as, you know, I'm trying to think like in his. Uh, he's shapeshifted into a human who has infiltrated Shield, so he's potentially a higher up in Shield.
0: Yes, in the gray suit, when Shield rushes into the bunker right before they uh, Fury and uh, Carol kind of leave on that Quinjet, which, right. um, which we're kind of piecing that together. But when the Sorry to interrupt you. I, I just want you to come back to this. Did you notice that there was uh, Pegasus on the uh, ground of the Quinjet when it was taken off?
1: Oh, like Project Pegasus? No, I didn't yeah. notice that when I, when I looked through there. That was in the so, hangar?
0: Yes, it was. So we'll jump right back to that after you finish this Ben Middleson.
1: Okay, yeah, I'll this let you a talk great about that. After. Yeah, we've seen him in a ton of stuff. Um, most notably for me, it's like the Dark Knight rises dark Knight rises yeah and, um, i see it. he's also on bloodline on netflix which is an amazing show for people who want to watch that he's in everything if you've seen a movie he was probably in it and <laughs> probably as a villain yeah um but yeah so important thing with him is you're going to want to keep an eye on him because we do see as tyler was talking about him uh his character rushing into that hangar with a bunch of shield agents I'm assuming that those are actual S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and not scrolls as well. I think he's just higher up that he's convinced them and given them orders to go after Fury. And, um, But yeah, so it's still interesting why exactly they're going after that. I mean, I know Carol and the scrolls are still enemies at this point. But I'm assuming as she gets her memories back, she'll start to realize that the Kree could be the enemy. I think that when Carol says that she isn't, that she's going to like end this war, I don't know who she's talking to. I know you were thinking it could be Annette Benning's character. I mean, it could really be anyone. I think the way that I see this going basically is she's going to talk with, with Talos at some point, And I think there's going to be maybe not, you know, explicitly a deal made, but I think that it's going to be something along the lines of Captain Marvel is going to take care of this Kree threat and then the squirrels can go back, like they don't have to deal with it anymore, and they leave Earth alone, essentially, is what I'm thinking, because that would explain why are the squirrels not being, you know, looked for currently, you know, in all these other movies? Why have they not been an issue? I'm not saying there aren't any squirrels that are, you know, people right now. That could be a twist that we'll see later on. But, um, yeah, the big question is where have the squirrels been if they've been infiltrating if they've been infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. and in all of this since the 90s.
0: What if what if Fury is a, a squirrel this entire time?
1: You know, honestly, when people were throwing around hints like last year and before about somebody being a squirrel, I always thought that it would be Fury. I thought that, that would make the most sense, especially in that scene in Winter Soldier, you know, where he presumably dies and we That's later find lot. him in that bunker randomly alive. I was like, okay, that could have been a perfect opportunity for the scrolls to do the old switcheroo, and now we got a scroll fury, and he hasn't been showing up a whole lot. But um, I, I don't know that they'll do that anymore. I still kind of wish that they would, that would be really cool. But I think if you're introducing the scrolls, they've got to be setting up to where somebody's going to be a scroll, and it better not be Hawkeye. I'll be pissed.
0: All right, but, bro. You have to calm down. Okay, Hawkeye. yeah, I'm sorry. I,
1: I you keep you keep talking about Hawkeye, and it's getting me all riled up.
0: I so, haven't mentioned Hawkeye once. Okay. I said Nick Fury was gonna be a scroll. You brought in Hawkeye. Well, I guess it's just me then. But I don't know. And now I'm all, anyway.
1: now I'm all jazzed up.
0: So, let me let me so um, project Pe- so Pegasus is on the bottom in like a little seat, looking on a seal, and um, project Pegasus it stands for. Potential Energy Group Alternative Source, United States. United States. So, um, basically, uh, in the comics, Project Pegasus, Pegasus is uh, spent years trying to figure out the Tesseract. Which, also at the beginning of Avengers, they're trying to figure out what the Tesseract is. So, you could probably connect those two dots, and um, Project Pegasus was them trying to figure out the Tesseract in, uh, in Avengers which would be another cool throwback is if they show or have some kind of Easter egg of the Tesseract.
1: Well, we did see the name Project Pegasus in Avengers one, you know, the, oh, um, did we? Yeah. It was, um, an Easter egg. I'm trying to remember where exactly it was, but I think it's right before Loki shows up and everyone's, you know, Nick Fury is running to go see what's going on. And there's like a directory and I think there's like different arrows. And one of them is pointing towards, project pegasus i'm guessing that division i think i'm remembering that correctly but basically you can see that name on a sign i may be remembering it wrong but it's an Avengers no. one so it has been brought up before
0: i've never noticed it before so that's a great find
1: yeah so i'm glad to see that they're they're still using all of these all these different little easter eggs that they've been used that have been brought up years ago
0: and that's, that's amazing to Marvel, and I just want to give them a shout-out just because something that they, you know, when did Avengers come out in 2010, 2012, or something like that? And then for 2019, Captain Marvel's coming, out. and they're still hinting back to something that happened in Avengers, and Avengers, something that's in Avengers, they're even pushing to Captain Marvel because something that happened years before Avengers was supposed to take place. So shout-out to them for amazing writers.
1: Yeah, that's crazy continuity to keep track of. Was that like twenty movies? Or yeah,
0: this, I think I think this ragged? is gonna be twenty one. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's a ton to to keep track of. DC can barely handle like like three, so DC you know, can't handle any. Well, we've seen all these other franchises. They're trying to make universes. There was the whole the, and like the Mummy
0: The Mummy didn't turn out well. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a. Everything's trying to make a universe, and um, they can't do obviously, obviously Marvel's doing something right. The key is putting one guy over the entire project, Kevin Feige, over the entire thing, letting him have all the yeses and no's.
1: Maybe. I don't know what the, the background is, but Feige knows what's up. He, he knows what he's doing, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what they're doing right, but I hope that they keep doing it, and we'll talk about that more later on as well. And, um, but I'll let you keep moving forward.
0: Um, I've actually, unfortunately, hit all the points that I wanted to discuss in this uh, in the trailer. Um, Here's a question I'll bring up to you, though. Um, what do you think Stan Lee's uh, cameo is going to be? Like, where do you think it's going to be? Oh, Middle, man. Beginning, end. It's
1: got to be – I don't think it'll be in the beginning. I think it'll – man, I don't know. That there's like no evidence. I'm just like straight up guessing. I what I would like is for it to be in the middle and he's like a watcher or something or somebody in space. I think would be cool. I think he's gonna be, be something on Earth, watcher. though. I think he's gonna be something on Earth.
0: Um, <laughs> what if he's uh, <laughs> what if he is a skrill in this one or scroll? Whatever. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be a great
1: one, actually. He's a watcher be- and a squirrel. <laughs> that would be explain <laughs> how he's infiltrating these different places and always being being somewhere. That would be a really cool one actually. I kinda hope you're right.
0: <laughs> Anything else you want to touch on
1: on the- Um so I just wanna give a vague outline of what I think the plot like timeline is and how things are going. And then you can tell me if you think it's correct, or you can kind of you know add and subtract and move I things around. I think it's around. wrong already. It's um most definitely wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. It's it's just the way it is, but um, so or at least these were what I thought originally in my notes. There's one piece that I might change out, but I think in the beginning, uh, Carol is you know we see her as you know a Air Force test pilot. Test pilot. I can't speak. And um, so she's going to get stuck in that dogfight between the Skull, the Squirrel, and the Kree. And she's going to get shot down. An explosion from one of the ships is going to give her her powers. And then, let's see, the Skrull. I had this written down. I think I might change it. But the way I had it was the scroll will then come to try to kill her. She explodes using her new powers. That's why she's laying down. The blue blood's bleeding from her nose. yon Rog finds her, takes her to the crater. Her memory is wiped from the explosion. Kree give her a new backstory. And, let's see. I'm going to say, at one point, the squirrels take her and attempt to restore her memories. That gets interrupted. um, In some sort of fight, Carol ends up escaping and, like, crashes onto Earth, still hunting squirrels. Fury finds her. They form a friendship. Talos infiltrates S.H.I.E.L.D. Fury helps Carol learn her backstory she discovers she's been betrayed by the Kree and she helps Earth by fighting the Kree. And um, she makes that deal with the Squirrels to leave Earth and then we see her with her final confrontation with the Kree and yon Rog and all of that. Even now reading that, there's a couple things that I would want to change. I even think that maybe we begin, like I was saying, with her waking up in the Kree ship because that was one of the things from the trailer I wanted to bring up. Do you remember when she's like in presumably some sort of ship and she wakes up and in the first trailer she's even like looking out into like the space area she's in like a white shirt
0: no i don't unfortunately it's, it's hard a, to describe but I've i think it's been a while since i first seen the first trailer or the teaser or whatever
1: i watched it again there's there's not a whole lot i don't know there's differences but nothing too crazy but i just remember this where it seems like she's waking up just in like a white tank top and she seems kind of confused and she is she seems like she's in some sort of futuristic ship. And I think yeah. there's a part of that in the first trailer too. I think what that is, is I think maybe in the beginning she wakes up, she looks a little bit confused, and this is where, you know, basically the aftermath of when Janrog finds her and brings her back. She has no memory and she's kinda of like, Whoa, this is really cool. And then we see in that Benning's character kind of explain everything to Carol, but also to us as the audience. So yeah, I, I think the the more we've talked about it, I think they're gonna start off with her as a Kree first. Uh what do you do you have like an idea of where this timeline might go?
0: Actually no. I hadn't even thought about the timeline if I'm being one hundo. Um if I had to give like a rough estimate of the timeline, you're probably really close. Um I feel like it'd be cool if they did something daredevil, not to me, Deadpool like. Sorry, we've watched Daredevil way too many times. Um it'd be cool if they did something Deadpool like where show starts you in the middle. Like uh, she's landing there with the blue bud coming out and she's like, Hey, I'm Carol Danvers. Let me show you how we got here and then it kicks it all the way back to the beginning where she's in her Air Force outfit with walking with that other woman who I don't remember her name. I apologize. And um, you know, we kinda go through and then it brings us to like where we are. I think if they do something like that, that'd be pretty neat because we haven't seen Marvel do anything like that. Marvel's stories are really very linear, you know, straight line. They're not going to zigzag and give you like something in the middle that happened at the end, or if that makes sense. Also,
1: yeah, I'm kind of hoping that they do. I mean, that's one of the things is they tend to change things up a little bit. So I'm hoping we do go on this journey with Carol and trying to piece back what her what her backstory is and that's why I think she'll start off as a Kree, just because the trailers have kind of been beating us over the head with the fact that, you know, noble Kree warriors, and, you know, she's on the right side, she's on this team, and she's a hero. But I I think it's almost more to make it look like she's the hero, she thinks she's with other heroes, but really she's just with these bad guys, and she's being brainwashed to work with them. So I would expect that's where we're going with this. And... My another question to you is: How do you think it will end, and take Captain Marvel into Avengers Four?
0: Um, well, I think Captain Marvel is going to be, uh, in the quantum realm. I think it's going to end, um, basically with her like going into the quantum realm with Nick Fury, uh, telling Nick Fury like I have to finish my job. <coughs> Excuse me, I have to finish my job, like. I have to finish killing all these Skrills, and I'm going to use the Quantum Realm, which I don't even know how they would find out about the Quantum Realm. Um, Saying, you know, I have to drill back from years because the Quantum Realm you can travel through years, and then uh, maybe the scene at the very end will be her meeting Scott Lang in the Quantum Realm, and he'll be like, "Who are you?" and like it kind of just ends there. I feel like that's how it would end. What about you? Yeah,
1: I'm I'm not too sure. I mean, there's got to be a reason that Fury has said that cuz I think there was like a prequel comic or something that came out recently where Fury says that he only is going to call Captain Marvel if he absolutely has to. Yeah. So, if they're if they're running with this, then there must be an idea or there must be something that happens in this movie where Nick Fury says, "Okay, I'm not just going to call you whenever I need something."
0: The that doesn't no even make sense. Hold on real quick. That doesn't even make sense because literally a, a black hole opened over New York and aliens rained down on New York and Avengers One and he didn't think it was needed to call Captain Marvel.
1: Yeah, but the Avengers can handle that. That's but the whole had, point of them.
0: At that very time he had no idea they could handle that. He clearly knew Captain Marvel could have handled that if she needed to be. Well yeah, maybe, but
1: he's saying, you know, if if they can if the Avengers can handle it, he doesn't want to have to call Carol, And, and, you know, obviously a lot of this is because maybe Marvel didn't know that they were going to write a Captain Marvel movie at that time. So it's tough to kind of retcon these things. But I think if we're making like legitimate sense of it, I think the way that it's going is it seems like Carol is being used a lot. She's being brainwashed by the Kree to to be their warrior. So she's losing time there living with them and she's been lied to. And then I'm sure the Skrull are going to want her to, you know knock out the Kree for a little bit and now Fury's needing her help so I could imagine that at the end of this movie Fury's kind of sympathetic towards her and seeing that she you knows she's lost years of her life you know being lied to and being used so maybe he doesn't want her to feel like a like a tool and that he's only ever going to call her you know he's going to call her all the time to like be like their weapon
0: so yeah it could but, be something like that and also the here's the counterpoint then if he knew she existed, he remember he was standing talking to the higher council, higher power, whatever, and he kept saying we need a uh, prevention team, a reaction team, or whatever team it was. Why would he not put her on this team? Well, it sounds like
1: she's handling, you know, I guess other planet. Like, I don't know what the word is, but she's not handling things on Earth. She's not living on Earth. It sounds like she's more in space handling bigger threats like that. Maybe a bigger question would be like, why hasn't haven't the guardians ran into her then? But I mean, this is a big universe, so who knows where she's at,
0: but also, I think also in her in the comics before, just to add to what you said in space, she actually got um, banished from earth and had to, it was forced to go live on Mars. Yeah. I,
1: I don't know where she's at. Also we do see in the trailer. Um, we've seen some wide shots of a different planet. You know, we've seen, like, a couple ships flying towards this orange-looking planet. And I think at one point we even see Carol falling through the atmosphere of some planet. And behind her it looks like it's either very desert-like or kind of rocky. I couldn't tell exactly what it was. But um, she was falling through this atmosphere in her, like, uh, in her binary outfit. You know, like, towards the end of the trailer when she's flying through ships and blasting stuff. She's in her red and blue Captain Marvel suit but she also has her helmet on which makes me think that whatever that planet is is probably going to be where like the final showdown happens and if you're saying maybe she's lived on Mars before maybe that's Mars maybe that's where she's hanging out I don't know who knows where she's going to be but I think Fury hasn't called on her and the reason he's you know at the beginning of Avengers trying to form a group and he doesn't involve Captain Marvel Fury needs people on Earth that are going to be part of that group even though I know he has Thor as part of that, but Thor just kind of shows up. But I think that they need an
0: Earth team. Uh, I have a better question: Where has he? Why? Where has he been keeping that little beeper for so long? Just on his like, belt. Well,
1: where did he grab it from? Was it like a gym bag or something? Yeah, he's carrying it on him. He's got it on him just in case something weird happens.
0: What if, like, what if he actually bumped it and called her? Like, how many times have you like butt dialed somebody?
1: That would be rough. He's got to send back like a little oops, JK. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, what if he doesn't realize he butt like butt paged her, and then she shows up like, "What's up, Marvel? Like, what's you, I mean, not Marvel. What's up, Fury? Okay, like, what, like, what's going on?" And he's like, "What are you talking about, Captain? Like, what's going on?" She's like, "You called me," and he's like, "Ah, oh, no, I didn't. Ah, oh, shit, I butt dialed you."
1: we're obviously doing a bit but that does bring up some questions as like um you know fury's gone now he's dusted away he sent that message and but yeah how does she know what to do because i always imagine she comes back to earth she's looking for nick fury he's nowhere to be found i'm sure it'll be kind of obvious she'll figure out something weird's going on
0: she'll obviously like smell out and find which set of pile of ashes is his maybe I doubt it. I don't don't think she can do that. Yeah, I know. No, but no, that's actually a really good point. How does she come to Earth? And she know who to trust? How does she? I mean, I feel like, like I have mentioned before, I think she's gonna come some come through the quantum realm somehow. I feel like she's gonna trust Scott Lang immediately because that being the first human interaction she's had, and who knows how long. Um, But then after that, maybe Scott Lang introduced her to Captain America. And, you know, Scott Lang vouches for captain. So she's going to say, okay, well, you know, I trust your judgment, Scott. So, you know, Captain America, he's going to say Captain Marvel. And she's going to say, I have your, you know, I trust you completely. And then I feel like it's going to go from there. I feel like, I really, I really feel like if she does meet Scott Lang in the Quantum Realm, that he's going to be a big piece of connecting her to the Avengers. Just because he does know, you know, Captain America, he knows Spider, oh, Spider-Man's dead, sorry. Captain America, Hawkeye, because uh, Hawkeye's still alive right now. He's going to know who Iron Man is. He's going to know who, um, you know, all the people, War Machine, all the people who have, Scarlet Witch, people who have lived during Avengers uh, Infinity War, he's going to know who they are that took place in Civil War, that I want to add. People who weren't in that Civil War fight where he got to meet everybody, I don't think he's going to know who they are. Yeah, it,
1: it could be. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe Captain Marvel could even manipulate quantum energy in some way, and that helps her out. Or, But nobody knows it. that Scott Lang is in the quantum realm. But you but know, that- while we're talking about this, we may, we may want to just table this conversation, because once the Avengers trailer comes out, it's probably going to
0: bring something. up the conversation. Yeah, yeah. we're going to
1: talk about this again. Probably a lot of you that are listening right now have already watched it. That's weird to think about. I hope future Jesse has seen it, and that the trailer hasn't been delayed again
0: i uh, i thought the trailer leaked out looking on uh, youtube and i thought the trailer leaked and like it had me going until x-men popped up and Hugh jackson popped up and i got super upset yeah that's that's definitely fake or
1: <laughs> i kind of hope it isn't that would be cool I'd love that to would see be that
0: that would be amazing if that if that was going on and we had no idea
1: but hey tyler what do you think about moving on to the last phase of the podcast our oh. listener question do you have anything else yeah. to add
0: before then? No, I have no, I have nothing else to add. Would you like to read it or would it like me? I will go ahead and read it.
1: So right. for the first time, we have a listener question. I'm very excited. So thank you, Josh Taylor, for reaching out and giving us uh, the question to talk about or maybe
0: Bro, questions. Probably shouldn't say his last name. I,
1: I asked him ahead of time. He's cool with it.
0: Okay. It's all good. I'll
1: be referring to him as Josh from here on out. So no need to cut it out unless he, like, gets mad about it later. I hope not. But so here's the question. So, hey, this is Josh. Question for the podcast. Did the second Captain Marvel trailer make you more excited for the film, or do you still feel the same you did before watching it? Also, just a curious question. Do you feel there are too many superhero movies slash shows right now? Personally, I'm feeling a little superhero fatigue. So let's handle the, the first uh, half of that question first on whether or not Captain Marvel has made us more excited than the first trailer, or um, do we feel the same? So I'll go ahead and let you answer that uh, first, Tyler.
0: So the second trailer made me way more excited because uh, I remember talking to you after the first tra- after the first teaser trailer, and I said, "Um, oh, you know, like I'm not super excited for this Captain Marvel movie. I don't know who Captain Marvel is, and." They didn't show me enough to make me be like oh my god this trailer and after looking up a bunch of information on captain marvel i got i got a little more excited so i am i guess more excited for the film after seeing the second trailer um there were some cool scenes like you mentioned the uh space scene where she's blowing up ships and you know flying through them I love seeing her. There was a really small scene where she had her mohawk mask on and it kind of phased off like uh, Black Panther's mask does on and off. I got excited for little things like that. Excite me. The whole scene with the old lady and she's fighting on the bus. That was a cool scene. Um, So this this trailer did excite me more uh, than the first teaser. What about you?
1: Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I do remember you being a little bit lukewarm to that first trailer, which surprised me because the first trailer got me very excited as well. I was I was very pessimistic. You you were, but I'm glad to see that you've turned around. And I, I think I remember other people's reception to the first trailer being a little bit like that too, especially people talking about Brie Larson's acting, not being, you know, it being too stale or something like that. I didn't agree well,
0: with it. But... I, I, was, I was always like rooting for Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, I think she's doing uh, great, and I think the second I had trailer no, emphasizes it too. I had no qualms about her being sele- selected for that.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, I think she's, I think she's going to be great. But yeah, this, so the the only thing I think the first trailer did better was the music that it had was a lot more upbeat and it got me really energized. Of course, that first trailer was just like a teaser trailer, so it had a lot more music emphasis, but the music got me really hyped for the first one as well as the little things that you brought up like the like the different helmets like the mohawk and all of that I thought we saw a lot more than I was expecting in the first trailer second trailer did get me a lot more excited because we got obviously a longer trailer showed more things but maybe it's because we researched it a little bit more than we did the first one because when the first one came out we didn't have a podcast so now going back I've notice so many different things that uh, there's so many different pieces to try to figure out more mysteries and honestly seeing captain marvel flying through space you know in her binary form you know flying through ships blasts and everything there's so many cool things going on and this looks like a really exciting film and i hope that they do carry over some of the mystery aspect of her of her memory loss because i think that'll make the storytelling uh, a lot more interesting than more of a linear plot I think Marvel is I I trust them not to fall into, you know, the old linear paths that they that superhero movies used to be.
0: You're right. Marvel has we have to give Marvel the benefit of the doubt with every movie going forward, at least for the next twenty movies or so, because Marvel actually I'm lying, Marvel has put out a couple bum movies like Thor Dark World. But for the most part, Marvel has a very good track record of doing very well with their movies. Um Winter Soldier, amazing. Infinity War, amazing. Black Panther, it just got nominated for three Golden Globes. So, um, which is the first Marvel movie I think to get nominated for Golden Globes? I want to put out that's in at least in the MCU. So Marvel has been doing a fantastic job of the, um, what they've been putting out, the content they've been producing.
1: Oh yeah, no, I think you're totally right because just thinking about maybe the last four movies that they've released: Thor, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War. And Ant-Man and, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and oh, yeah. um, those to me, like you know, the only one that was like not up to like the really high bar was Ant-Man and the Wasp, but that was real. Still, I don't think it was meant to be, you know, this crazy impactful movie. I think it was meant to be kind of a fun, lighthearted movie. To find You're right. Infinity they, War, which was pretty bleak.
0: Yeah, they should have released it um, before Infinity War, though.
1: I, I liked it after Infinity War. I think it was good, and it was nice to kind of see. A slight glimpse of the aftermath of Infinity War, uh, you know that post-credit I mean, scene for Ant-Man and the Wasp.
0: Yeah, but if, imagine seeing that before seeing Infinity War and uh, Scott Lang being trapped, and then they show like those people, and you're like, "What the heck? Why are they turning to dust?" Like you would have had no idea. Maybe, but that probably
1: would have mm-hmm. spoiled the ending for Avengers: Infinity War a little bit if we see people dusting away.
0: But you wouldn't have known why they turned to dust. Did I that? Think ha- we wouldn't. Did, did the quantum realm have some kind of effect? on them turning to dust you got to think
1: of all the people that are like breaking down scene by scene including us now we're one of those people that are like potentially spoiling movies if we're right so i think if you show people dusting away people are going to be up there trying to figure out what's going on and i think you're right i think people would have been like oh maybe thanos does snap dusting away people are disappearing like i I think yeah i think it would have Tainted that that ending for Infinity War, it wouldn't have been as surprising. But even oh, even aside from that, I still like that Ant Man came out. I was needing some sort of Marvel movie right after Infinity War, and I think the lightheartedness of Ant Man was kind of a nice little relief from you know how bleak Infinity War was. But um, I think we should move on to the second yeah, part of Josh's question. Of yeah. yeah. So do you feel um, that there are too many superhero movies, or are you feeling any kind of superhero fatigue? So. I am going to go ahead and start and then I'll let you talk. After yeah, you're so for me personally, I am not feeling superhero fatigue. I know that we have, the superhero fatigue has been brought up for many years, you know, for superhero movies. And I think right now I can kind of see maybe where Josh is coming from. And I've messaged him a little bit to kind of see why exactly he might be feeling this way, because he has, I asked him, you know, is he feeling that way with Marvel or is he feeling that way with, you know, other superhero movies? Cause I could kind of see that with DC because it just kind of feels like DC is never really quite hitting it. And, but he says Marvel as well, the exception was infinity war for him. And he also mentioned something about, i um, not really feeling excitement for these larger than life films. So, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much on trying to like, Analyze why Josh may be feeling this personally, even though I do feel that other listeners and other people do feel the exact same way. But um, I do want to bring up that superhero fatigue is something that's been talked about and, you know, is kind of a worry for people. I'm not too concerned about it. I think maybe why Josh and others might be feeling this way is bigger, you know, world ending CGI moments could potentially be something. Um, maybe more of like these scaled back, uh, personal isolated movies, maybe like Spider-Man Homecoming, or like the Daredevil or the different Netflix series where we see them in like a neighborhood handling, you know, personal issues and everything. Might be a little bit different since you figure what we have been dealing with has been, you know, potentially like world shattering events. So um, here, I'll I'll go ahead and let you uh, say your piece, Tyler, before I
0: Definitely. Um, so superhero fatigue is a thing, like you said, and some people are feeling it. I know there's been a few actors and actresses talking about how they're sick of green screen movies and they want to see, like, real stuff, like Mad Max kind of stuff, Christopher Nolan type of stuff. But with that being said, I don't think a person can't, like, I think that's just, they're tired of superhero movies bo- uh, dominating at the box office. Think of, like, the last time a non-superhero movie was did like amazing at the box office where like it took there wasn't let me rephrase it a non-superhero star wars uh, um and or animation movie did amazing at the box office because right now disney's kind of destroying all their opponents if you think about it, Disney owns a bunch of animation movies that come out, like Wreck-It Ralph just dropped and it's held the top spot for like two or three weeks. Star Wars drops and it holds top spot for weeks. But those are not superhero movies, so let me I digress. Anyway.
1: Well, I would – just to your point, uh, Josh does mention that he would bundle Star Wars in there as well. So you might even be on the right path with where you're going. But go ahead and continue.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. Star Wars – I mean it is based off books. But – Every If you look at it, like, dive deep into, like, all the movies that Marvel's ha- Marvel has created, um, each movie fits into, like, a smaller genre. Yes, they're comic book movies, but at the same time, they fit into a smaller genre. Winter Soldier, a spy espionage movie. You have Homecoming, high school drama. Ant-Man's a crime movie about, like, stealing. So you have – each movie does fall into a smaller genre. Um, kind of uh, genre like affinity war can fall into like an apocalypse type of movie with everybody dying and you being you're back against the wall so it is it i i don't think there's superhero fatigue i think people are just sick of superheroes dominating at the box office but i think you have to die like i said you have to dive down deep down and look deeper into what these movies are about than just Okay, here comes another Marvel movie. But what's this Marvel movie actually about? At the end of the day,
1: right. And so, yeah, and I think I think Josh does want these movies to do well. So I don't think like he's bitter about like it them dominating or anything because I don't think he'd be reaching out to like a superhero podcast to ask them about it. And I know you're not specifically saying that, but um, I think there probably is more to it. And I know I've heard. People, and I think even we can acknowledge that these Disney Marvel films do have, even though they are different genres and they are different movies and, you know, different directors and all of that, they still do have sort of that Disney Marvel feel. I can't explain it necessarily, but there's just, you know, kind of that flair, you know, like how a musician, you can, you know, often hear it in the distance. You're like, oh, I know who that is without maybe hearing their voice. Like you can kind of tell that this is like a, a Disney Marvel movie as opposed to like, x-men or deadpool like in fox so it's tough to explain what that is but you can just kind of you know it when you see it that may be starting to feel
0: kind of routine for josh um and listen to this real quick okay hold on just sorry to interrupt but this goes back to what i'm saying the iron man films are generic superhero movies can, uh the first avenger is a war thriller it's a winter soldier political thriller Civil War, psychological thriller. Thor is arguably a standard superhero movie. Ragnarok's uncertain. Age of Ultron is in a puck elliptical science movie. Guardians of the Galaxy is a uh, just a fresh, different type of movie that they create. Doctor Strange, a mind trip film, based like like Inception or The Matrix. Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming, similar to like a High School Musical. Uh, so you know these movies do fall into a different genre. I just wanted to mention, sorry to. No, no. I think that that was another point that I
1: was wanting to jump into more because I think going forward, that is going to be very important. I think if I want to just, I kind of want to take a step back and just kind of look at maybe what, so Josh, I think what he's wanting is to kind of for Marvel to reinvigorate his excitement over these movies again. And I think that's ultimately what he's looking for. And I think, I think Josh, you know, I'm sure you're listening, or I hope so. Is um, I think you will start feeling that way as we go forward because we are reaching the end of this um, what like these phases that we've been building up to all these years for Marvel, you know, and you know, ending with in uh, Avengers four. So we are going to see different turns and different characters being introduced. I know for me, I'm excited when there's bigger characters that i know and love from the comics that are being introduced i don't know that we've had a a whole lot of you know big new characters brought in but you know like um you know like eternals is one that's coming out i know those are new characters but we don't really know them that well but for me if they start bringing in somebody like you know I'm, i'm tossing names out there but like like a blade or Or like a you know a daredevil movie, yeah, a a Moon Knight, but maybe more like, like A to C listers. I don't think a whole lot of people know who Moon Knight is. I'm trying to think, maybe like a She Hulk or,
0: yeah, yeah. You're looking at like like low budget Marvel characters. I understand. Like a name that people would would recognize and
1: saying, oh yeah, they're making a movie about that. That'd be really cool. And I'm hoping they they do that a little bit more. And I think with Disney Plus coming out, I think we're definitely going to see. That because I think Marvel have been kind of playing things close to the chest and holding some of these characters back because they don't want to give it to to Netflix or anything like that just to have to take it away or
0: you're right or something and along
1: those lines like
0: think of how everybody felt when like Guardians came out nobody knew who, who the hell Guardians were but right now Guardians is loved because it's such a different type of movie with like eighties nineties throwback music and just the whole vibe it gives
1: yeah and that. And I'm expecting the same thing from Eternals is I think Marvel is looking at finding characters that are relatively unknown because that gives them a lot of leeway to, you know, change these characters up and you know, if, if you take a character like Spider-Man, everybody has an idea for what they want Spider-Man to be and what he should be like. Where if you're talking Eternals, nobody knows what the hell is going on with Eternals except for like a small group of like, you know, really throwback comic readers that happen to delve into Eternals a lot because, yeah, they're just not very well-known. So I think that you can really change it up with something like that and make something exciting. And I trust Marvel to do that. And you were talking about genres, and I think that's a very important thing to keep the movies remaining fresh, because I think that's a big thing. For me, I fear that eventually superhero fatigue may take over if things become too grand, if they become, you know, too repetitive. If Marvel finds a formula and then they, you know, continually use that but I've noticed that they seem to kind of branch away from that. I like that they have spy thrillers. Like I'm expecting black widow to be something along those lines. Um, I think Avengers four will be interesting. Uh, I think, you know, Josh and others will like that, but I think afterwards looking forward to that, it'll be important to stick with directors who are trying to find, you know, a a different feel. I think Spider-Man homecoming is a really good example of that because I think we heard Spider-Man and homecoming and Spider-Man's going to high school and that it was going to be like a you know a coming of tale or something like that. And I know when I first read that I was like what the hell are they doing? But Spider-Man: Homecoming felt very unique and fresh to me personally. And it was very different. It was very personal. It was very, you know, isolated to Peter Parker and his lifestyle. It wasn't big Avengers. Even though Iron Man was there, you know, it still felt very grounded. And I think going forward if Marvel can keep finding ways to, you know, branch out to different directors and get different feels and really take chances on these movies instead of doing more of a cookie-cutter type of thing, like we've seen with Venom. I liked Venom, but I know watching it, I felt like I was watching the outline of a movie from, like, the early 2000s. Like, we have gotten past that. So I don't think that they'll get stale. In fact, I think they're gearing up. We've seen Feige and Marvel take, you know... They're really particular about who they, what characters they're using, who they're making, how many. I think they're very quality over quantity, and I'm excited to see where they're going. I think you should be excited too, Josh. You know, I do think that you're gonna find yourself getting excited again about these characters and where they're going. And I don't think we have to worry about superhero fatigue for quite a while, at least not in the MCU. Uh, what do you think, Tyler?
0: Um, You hit on a lot. You hit on every subject. I did. That... I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but real quick, um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is actually in my uh, – I actually – I'm one of the few people who list all 20 of the Marvel movies in order of least to uh, – favorite to least. Um, and it's Homecoming in my top five. I'm a huge Spider-Man home- fanboy. But with that being said, I really think it was a great movie like you said. It really touched on him being a high school student, not being, it's, it's not your typical, it's not the first two Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire where the first one we're graduating high school, and we're getting out there really quick. He was like a sophomore in high school. So we're, this new Spider-Man far from home, he's going to still be in high school. And he's like, he's, he's still in high school, he's still a high school student. He still has, he's still not only trying to learn how to be a superhero, but he's learning trying to be a teenager and trying to learn like who he is in life. And. That's just it's it's rare to see in Spider-Man movies that part, but with all that being said, I um, you're right, Josh. You have a um, I I don't think you have to worry about superhero fatigue if you look at Marvel movies and genres instead of being a superhero movie.
1: Yeah, I think I think it'll keep getting better as we go. I know for me, I mean, obviously we might be a little bit biased because we've gone full nerd and we've created you know a superhero podcast, so. Obviously, we're not—we're probably not feeling much superhero fatigue, and I don't think that we will for quite a while, or at least I really hope not. But um, yeah, I—I I think I've—I've I've heard superhero fatigue being tossed around for for many years, and that may have been an issue back in like the early two thousands when we were getting duds like Spider Man three and Daredevil and Ghost Rider that were really you know tanking the superhero. Oh, hey, in. Ghost Rider would be another good one for them to bring back. If, if I could pick one. Like new genre for them to do, I would love for them to do a ghostwriter horror movie and kind of introduce like Mephisto's realm and all of that. I don't think we'll get that anytime soon, but I, I would. I think that would be a really cool one. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think where exactly I was going, but basically, yeah, I know Josh, you're, you're trying to find, you know, more new excitement. And I think that will continue to come. I know for me, I don't necessarily... It's almost like the movies themselves only are a piece of the puzzle for me. Like, they get me excited. I enjoy watching the movies, and I enjoy rewatching them. But a lot of times, it's the continuity that gets me excited is, you know, like we've been doing today. We've been talking about different Easter eggs from Avengers 1 that have still carried over. We talk about, you know, Iron Man's journey from when he was at the beginning, or Captain America. You know, the whole thing about, you know um I can do this all day. You know, we see that in you know when he's getting beaten up from you know Captain America One all the way to Infinity War or Civil War. And it's just there's so much care taken into these movies that it's exciting and it's always fun to speculate on what's gonna happen next because it's it's not, you know, we, we know that the same care is going to be taken into the future and we know Feige's got a plan for where You know, this next probably like close to a decade of Marvel films is going to go. And it's fun to see those plans laid out and see where they're going. So, part of it, the excitement in these films for me is that ride and just the ultimate universe of it all. Uh, Do you feel like that at all, Tyler, or is that just me?
0: Um, No, I, I feel like that too, actually. And to touch on that, Feige actually has like 20 movie maps laid out.
1: I heard he has an idea for how he's wanting X-Men to be implemented too. So I'd like to see that happen as well. Sooner rather than later, although I have a feeling we're probably waiting a, a little bit on those.
0: Well, Feige said we'll be getting X-Men if the deal goes through in January, which is supposed to be t- January 2019. Um, it, we'll be getting it like in 2021 or something like that. What the um, What, like the beginning of X-Men? X Men, X Men joining the MCU. Oh, okay. So
1: we we could expect like those, we could expect those pieces to be hitting probably in like 2021. Not a movie, yeah. but just them kind of laying the groundwork.
0: No, no, a movie. They're probably going to start laying the groundwork in 2020.
1: Oh, really? You think that? Well, I guess they they could. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that remains to be seen. Of course, the deal hasn't gone through, so they can't say right now. Oh, yeah, we're making an X Men movie. That just seems like a big thing to. To take on, but you know, with Avengers 4 coming up and you know, all of these phases coming to an end, the door is pretty open, so we'll see. I'm more interested in, I know we're talking X Men now, but um,
0: yeah, we're digressing big yeah, time. but
1: we're we're towards the end of the podcast, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, I'm interested to see how they implement X Men. We'll probably talk about that more too. I mean, we have a lot to talk about, you know, if all these trailer predictions are, are true, you know, with Avengers coming out. Probably tomorrow recording on Thursday, so Friday, Avengers maybe Saturday Spider Man, Avengers game tonight hopefully. I know you're not as hyped about that as I am yet, but
0: um, but yeah, yeah
1: we yeah. there's there's a lot happening for Marvel this week.
0: Big Marvel week, and with that being said, this is the podcast weekly bugle listeners. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast at. Remember to rate us five stars every podcast platform because that's what we want. We want to rank up. We want to be the best podcast we can be. Anything you want to say, just before we sign off?
1: Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to continue to improve and become a better podcast as we go. We're constantly trying to, to get better, and we are implementing new things. Uh, also, if you would like to leave a question like Josh has today, you can go over to The Weekly Bugle uh, on Facebook we have a page there I just started, so if you have questions there, you can I believe you can private message me through there if you don't feel like posting on the wall, or you can post there. Um, so that's how you can get in touch with us now. Otherwise, you can see us uh, next Saturday on, I'm presuming will be a podcast over the Avengers and hopefully Spider-Man.
0: Um, but you won't be seeing us, you'll be listening to us next Saturday. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll be listening to us, my bad. Anyway, that's the podcast, people. Remember to go, go like our Facebook page and give us our rating. And that's the podcast. Peace out. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jess. Go ahead. I was just going to say bye. You're supposed to end on the peace out because that's uh, the best part. Oh, peace out.